Day to you, Dave. Hello, Jeffrey. And a very, very Merry Christmas to you. A Merry Christmas to you too, sir. To you and yours. And, and to all of our fans. To all of the fans. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Atheist Day. That's Christmas, though, Dave. Those other things don't matter. What? Okay. You. <laughs> you. Bigot. You pig of a man. You. Well, it's Christmas. It's. Oh, it's I shouldn't Christmas. say political. I shouldn't mention people running for political office, should I? No, I no, I don't get us. No, we ban politics. Road. Yeah, don't get us down that going down that road. Road. And I'm enjoying the snow here and the whole wintry solstice kind win- of thing. Wonderland here in Chicago. It is. Perfect. I'm gonna be out washing the car tomorrow. <laughs> it's that part of global warming that oh, I don't hey, really. Don't, hey, don't get oh, political. Can't, can't, can't. We have to be politically correct. We can't talk about politics. We can't insult people. I, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. We're going to have to stick to ASL because it's very boringly neutral. This is, after all, the two half-squads, and we are the two half-squads. We are. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff, and this is the one and only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. That's right. And this is our Christmas show, which has to include some music. There's no way we can get candy to everybody. It just makes it fun, though. Yeah, I mean, if we could deliver presents to everybody, we would, but we can't. But we can drink beer, <laughs> which we're doing. So, yes, when, because my blood work came back. You know, <laughs> we're today we are toasting Dave's and, good blood work. Yep, everything's down a little. I'm no longer close to becoming diabetic, and my triglycerides are down. And so, what a little exercise and eating a little more fruits and vegetables can do for your blood. It wins you more time to continue. To imbibe this fine beverage here and overeat. Yes. Like a pig. Overdrink and overeat. Hurrah! Here's to that. So when there are... In the radio business, this is known as dead air. But when you hear dead air, that is neither Dave nor I speaking, that's because we are drinking. (sighs) (laughs) And that's what comes afterwards. Grand, grand, grand. And Jeff, you mentioned you were off sugars, I think? Yeah, I've been off sugar. And I, I gotta tell you, I feel... It's made a huge difference. Yeah. How yeah. long has that been? Uh, yesterday. Since yesterday wow. morning. I had some donuts. <laughs> so since then. But I feel great today. No, you have. You look a little thinner. I think I've lost five pounds since yesterday morning. <laughs> just from not eating donuts today. And he doesn't exercise, folks. I don't. Drives me nuts. I don't. I should, though. You should. I Do your Tai Chi, play tennis with me and Laura. Here comes the uh, New Year, which is always a great time for <laughs> resolutions. I get a lot of exercise writing down my resolutions. 
But I decided to start doing some yoga, so I'm doing sun salutations. Okay. Well, when I say I'm doing them, I want to clarify what that means. Do I've printed out how to do them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know how to do them. And I've watched various attractive young ladies on YouTube doing them. <laughs> and so, and I feel great. And you're starting ah, to get inspired. I feel great. I'm flexible. I'm strong internally. I'm building a core. Yoga by osmosis. <laughs> that was one of the guys I watched. Osmosis. Yeah, osmosis. I, I, I want to do better. I really do. And I want to exercise. And every morning I think, I, I should exercise. How hard is it? How hard could it be? Ten minutes. Some, I, I've got some friends no, that are on a seven-minute exercise. No, it's not enough. Yeah, they're on seven minutes. No. But they, you know what? They can't do it. They don't have time. Forty minutes. Forty. And Where some, am I going to find forty some, minutes? You put a treadmill in front of your computers there, so while you're working, I could do that. You're running in place. <laughs> oh no! Seriously, oh, my friend put a. Did he put an exercise bike in front of it? Are you asking me? I, what your I just friend did? forgetting. Well, yes. I don't know why I am because you don't know what he did. But <laughs> let me. Look it was at either the crystal ball. I, it was a treadmill or a, one. You stand up now. I That's do. Helpful. Yes, I stand. That's helpful, but you can have a treadmill or an exercise bike right there. There's got to be times when there's work you're doing that you can pump your legs vigorously and it not affect I suppose. your brain. I suppose. And it can be hard, let me tell you, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's easy for me. Sometimes I'm on there, I'm going, oh, this is hard. Why am I doing 40 this? minutes? I think 40, 40 minutes is too much. Listening to podcasts, 38 is ex- minutes, counts minutes. as exercise? Yeah, while well, you're <laughs> exercising while you're listening to podcasts. Oh. Oh. I used to read. I have to go back to reading because of the workload of our new show. Yeah. Are we talking about that today? You're having hesitations again, aren't you? No, about no I'm not. <laughs> you're still committed? I'm. We recorded two episodes. Yeah, we did. I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm in, I'm in at 50%, Dave. You can count on me. <laughs> I've thrown it all in. We've recorded two shows. I've thrown down. You know what? I think there's just no hurry to, in production. Yeah. You know? Let's let the audience salivate. I have some anticipation You know, they hear about, it. they hear the rumors. Oh, we don't want to leak too much. You know, we get people kind of excited. We drop a little hint here and there and really get people aching for it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be writing this. When are you coming out with that show? Well... I'm I'm betting January. Certainly by next Christmas. No, January. All right. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's once a month. Yeah. I think that's possible. So are you uh, ready for the holiday? Uh, no. Yes. It's coming right up. You've got a no. little time off. I have from t- teaching tomorrow off and the next mm-hmm. day. So yes, I can be out shopping. Yeah, I need to do a little shopping. Mm-hmm. I kind of haven't really started. It's very stressful. All that. Are you buying games for anybody this year? Uh, no, but. Uh, like last year, I'm anticipating being the only one in my family now who gets toys. Are you expecting toys this year? Yeah, I put in uh, a couple uh, suggestions with the family for some miniature things. How about a, like a ball? How about a ball? No. You know, Spinosaurus. When you look at the classic Christmas paintings, even the new ones, mm-hmm. when they're doing the cozy, they've got the fire and they've got the tree and they've got... The stockings hung there. They don't have like 
Xbox under the tree. They've got a ball. There's a ball for the boy. <laughs> there's a little, there's a teddy bear. Uh-huh. There's oh, a one doll. of them nutcracker thingies. There's a nutcracker. Actually it's like the song. Also a ball and a whip that cracks. And I thought, yeah. Ooh, my. Whip that, Ooh. Give, I'd like Ooh. a whip that cracks. Yeah, yeah, not that kind of whip. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> what happened to those times? A simple, the simple toys. Yeah, you know, I think I mentioned before we had kids in a, on a youth group thing go to Mexico. And one of the girls' comments was, I think these kids are happier than a lot of American kids. And all they had was this old soccer ball. Yeah. Beat up, kicking it around the village. Yeah. Hmm. Something to be said for that. So, and I, I passed that along to your wife because I said, I know yeah, Dave thanks. is going to ask for games. He, he wants what a he really wants. He wants no. some miniature corn stalks from no. Hobby Lobby. <laughs> to put. I do. I put them on my list. You put miniature corn stalks from Hobby Lobby. Yes. On your. Yeah. My goal, my dream is to like make a whole miniature slab of good looking corn stalks. <laughs> you know how guys wargaming, they take the doormat. <laughs> They take the doormat, they spray paint it green, and they dry brush some yellow on top. Yeah, it works as a cornfield for Civil War battles, but you got to see the stuff they're doing these days. J.R. Miniatures or something. Does corn stalks. Mm-hmm. You Thank goodness. See Thank goodness. The industry has way upped its game. You know all that stuff's going to end up in the ocean one day. And, well, oh, what? Oh, and then dolphins, dolphins. dolphins will get stuck in yeah. their nostrils, yeah. and then they'll die. They're like, going to be hacking up your corn stalks <laughs> some, at some point. Not my corn stalks. Yeah. They'll never be in the ocean. Oh, yeah. No. It, it all gets there. I, no, I live in Illinois. How is it going to get in the ocean? You, I'm not going to take them to the beach. The Mississippi okay. River. Everything ends up in the Mississippi <laughs> from there. Down the Gulf of Mexico. It goes right down. <laughs> I have no toys on my list this year. Mm. I, I in fact, Books. I never really created a list. I've got a couple of musical things I would like. Musical CDs? <clears throat> Instruments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like a mandolin. I have a, Is that now an electric bass? I have an electric guitar and an acoustic guitar and a nice ukulele. And, and I kind of like a mandolin. You have the ukulele, which your bard in our D&D games plays all the time, much to all of our annoyance. That's why I didn't bring it last time. <laughs> you should have brought it. We all wanted you to no, bring it. No, I think people are annoyed with it. No, it's Several not true. Several people said something last time. So they were joking. Just, uh, I'm not bringing that. They were joking. We'll, ta- we'll talk off the air. Yeah. We'll talk off the air. I thought, I'm, I'm not going to play with you guys anymore. <laughs> and you have the harmonica, don't forget. Oh, yeah, harmonica. And I've got a couple of flutes. And, uh, and, a, and a recorder. And you play your nose very well. <laughs> It's the only, I actually do that best. And that you always have that with you everywhere you go. Yes, I do. So I can always whip it out. <laughs> it's as plain as the nose on mean. your face. Yes, it is. But I don't have it, you know, I, I didn't put any squad leader or anything, any stuff like that on my list this year. I, I just thought, um, I don't know why. Because exactly. you don't need it and you got enough stuff. I Well, I do. Listen, if if any of you people are buying squad leader, we we want you to take that back. Take it off your list. Return it all. <laughs> you have too much. Send that money to. Hmm. I'll send it to me. And Charities. Dave. We'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah. By the way, people, do please feel free to make a kind donation to keep carry us through yeah. the new year. Yeah. And we've had some kind donations. We have. Kind. Well, is that our segue into letters? I think it is. And look at this package. I think um, we. We should play something a little different than normal, so uh, 
It's the same composer as as the typewriter. Is it? Yeah. It's Leroy Anderson. It is? All of our guests, all of our listeners should know now who Leroy Anderson is, or Leroy. As I, I guess like you're right. Him. Yeah. He wrote the typewriter. Oh. But he didn't write this song. He it's wrote this from, song. Uh... No, he wrote this song. Even the lyrics? No, he didn't write the lyrics. The lyrics were added later. Oh. Well, it's time for letters, Jeffrey. Yes, it is, and we have we have something physical. This big old box. Why don't you? That's more than. Who's a letter. that from, Jeff? It's 3D. Hold on, I'm going to put on my glasses in a very thoughtful way. What other way is there to put well, on your glasses? I'm getting to that age where I've got you know nice gray hair and stuff, and so I like to look thoughtful, <laughs> pensive. Getting to that age? <laughs> I'm sneaking up on it. I'm sneaking up on 50. Ooh, don't break it. Oh, I won't. Who's that from? All right, this is uh, this is from Priority Mail. Oh, there's a letter right there. Is there? Right there on your bubble oh, yeah. wrap. Okay, Merry Christmas. May the new year bring you many fine games of ASL with friends. Rich Fulcher from Sunnyvale, California. Wow. wow. Thank you, Rich. Wow, this is nice, and there's some bubble wrap here. Do I have to prove it? This is the infinity bubble wrap. There's I think you no, can slide it, it out no the start. edge. There's no start, no end. Ooh, coasters. Ooh, we need coasters. coasters. What's on them? Oh, oh. you've got to be kidding oh, me. What? David. What? These are gorgeous. The, here is a coaster. Oh, we're going to put a picture of this up. We got, you got yeah, a camera? Yeah, we got it. I've got a camera. Along with this cool tissue box from... So, <laughs> here's a coaster of Captain Clown Schmidt, 9 Neg 2. A counter oh my as a coaster. Gosh. That is beautiful. Here's Captain Hallett. That is nuts. Two as a coaster. This is so. That is cool. Thoughtful. And then it's uh, personalized. Yours is uh, German and mine is American. And wow. then there's a podcast counter, which you don't see very <laughs> often in, in ASL. With the radio, it looks like the yeah field telephone or radio. Oh, yeah, the it's radio. The artwork from um, our t-shirt designer that second t-shirt we ran brilliant all sold out folks this is really you, nice in fact folks you better order your hat quick super amazing that, that's re- that that's is above and beyond nice rich that is above and beyond i guess can i take the german ones home with, with my stuff i and, think you should keep, keep them all here, here? I'll keep no, them all here at no, all times. No, all Jeff, all Jeffrey at all times. I want to be a little greedy. Don't you? <laughs> I like it when we're when is that when noise? Dave is that making noise. The Dave computer. is trying to trying to talk to me quietly, and computer, all you can hear computer. through the microphone is this. Is that? Is this making? Can you hear that? Is it okay? Yeah, I no, I can't hear that. Well, here's a letter from Nelson Asada. He's saying he would like uh, to hear a thing about Yabo, a scenario. And Nelson, done. That's your holiday gift. We recorded it. It won't may not be on this show. It'll be on maybe the next show. Uh, it's a look at the scenario, Yabo. Yabo. I thought that was jab, Jabo. Jabo. Well, it depends what nation's pronouncing it. Yeah. Okay. We'll say it was uh, Sweden. Yabo. I have a letter here that I am eager to read from Tobias Dabler, and maybe it's Tobias. I have heard people pronounce it like that. Hmm. 
Hello, Dave and Jeff. I'm new to ASL and your show. I decided listening to it in chronologic, uh, chronologically, and it will be quite a while until I catch up to the current episode, but so far I really enjoy it. I like the rules discussions, reviews, and your talk about beer and other random stuff. Even the box art reviews. Yay. It's a pleasure to listen to you. Keep up the good work. Kind regards. Tobias from Germany. Thank you for sending that to us and yes. chiming in. Gras- gracias, as they say in Germany. Gracias. I have one from Carl Herzog. Carl points out, hey, I listened to 144 and 145 on a long car ride. Please send me an invite to the Slack chat room. I love that idea. On a separate note, I thought I'd share a story of my current ongoing plunge from starter kit to full ASL. I should point out I only started playing ASL last year, despite being a regular gamer for 35-plus years. Wow. He started playing Avalon Hill games as a kid in the 70s and so on. I think we must, by now, we must know everybody that grew up in the 70s. I think so. They yeah. found our show. Yeah, the, yeah. Anyway, I revisited it last year with SK1 and immediately fell in love with the game. I've been dabbling with starter kit scenarios, listening to back episodes of your show, and watching more online tutorials. Last month, a guy from the regional ASL mailing list posted he wanted to pay it forward, giving away his entire ASL collection. Wow. Huge ASL collection. 11 modules. Deluxe. Giving it basic. away. Yes. He offered to pay him, Carl says, and no. Uh, so Carl says, this is a great testament to the attitude of ASL players and his mission of paying forward games you no longer play to a newbie. Getting them, getting in, getting them into it was inspiring. Wow. Had to share that one, folks. That's, that's it's a good idea because nice. I, and I know on this show I talk a lot about my own personal greed and selling things on eBay. Yeah. So here's and a person I, who's... I always talk about throwing my stuff away, <laughs> which I've done a number of times, and then I go out, I could dig it out of the garbage before the garbage man comes. I'm paying it. I'm not paying it forward. I am sparing other people the pain. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm saving the other people. I'm doing it just for them. And I have one from Alan Hume. He wants to say thanks and at the same time give conclusive proof that the reviews on our show do indeed lead to more sales. He says, recently I listened to your Bungle in the Jungle episode and was so enthused. I ran out the next morning and bought my own copy of Blood and Jungle direct from Second Chance Games in the UK. He used the money he had put aside for New Yanks. Yeah, Blood and Jungle, perfectly good choice. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. We did love that game. We do need to play more of those and get them on the air, too, Yes, Jeff. we do. But there you go, folks. If you have any uh, ASL game stuff you want to get to us for review, help promote sales, please feel free to do that. He says, I feel a, get a bit guilty because I not only did I spend the money I shouldn't have, it was earmarked for Yanks, but I didn't buy it from FLGS Black Lion Games here in Edinburgh. They don't stock a great deal of ASL, but regardless, it's so excited about Blood and Jungle, I had to have it. It seems to me it's the best third-party Pacific product out there. You guys did a great job of uh, reviewing it, for sure. Thank great. you, Alan. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful for both... Um, Our friends at Bounding Fire. And for FLGS Black Lion Games in Scotland, in Edinburgh. Friendly neighborhood game store. And Second Chance Games in the UK. As well as those producers of that new American game. What is it going to be called? Uh, Yonks? Yonkers? Yeah. Something. Uh, that Yonkers, other, yeah. That other company. Oh, yeah. yeah. PPM? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. We received a couple of nice donations recently, Dave. We got uh, some money from Harold. 
Thank you very much, Harold. He, he actually <laughs> bought a hat and sent yes. us some extra money for that. So, And we have some hats left. Is that right? We do. Get your hat today. $20 donation, please. Send us your email address. Uh, got enough left. You probably don't have to check in at this point, but maybe email them. Ask if we still got them. No, we got them. We've got hats. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have hats. At least through January. Yeah, probably so. So, And then also, so that was Harold. And then Stephen also sent us a small donation to purchase a hat and uh, to cover some of our costs and our efforts. And we always appreciate the donations. Thank you. I have one here from Mr. Dolan. He just got back from vacation in Germany, France, and Belgium. He spent a couple days in Dinant and attached are some pictures from around the town. He heard us talking to Rich Spilkey about playing the old Dinant bridgehead scenario. Well, if he's still looking to play early war river stuff, let him give Grande FME de Mise or Rommel at the Muse a try. I think that's one of the scenarios from Dan's playtest section that we have. He says, sorry about the botched call. Oh, never mind about the rest of this. Um, We had phone calls we're going to do next show about the call-in contest. And Dan, yeah, cool that the vacation's perfect. And these photographs he sent relating to the Donat game that they're working right. on. Yeah. Very, very cool. We got a letter from Jeff Myers who said, Hello, Dave and Jeff. Keep up the great work, including the great guest selection. One suggestion would be to interview one or more of the gentlemen who designs a friendly fire, which has had some very nice scenarios over the years. Excellent idea. Yeah, we have people in that interview. We have not we looked do. at that yeah. in six months. Yeah, Our apologies to everyone waiting. We'll try and get on that in 2016. Yeah. Speaking of hats, those hats make great Christmas gifts. And I know it might be a little bit late for Christmas, but you could do yourself a little favor. They make great New Year's presents. Yes. Or great, uh, what else? What else? Is Valentine's Day gifts for your sweetie. Yeah. She will always remember uh-huh. the gift of a two half squats yeah. hat. I'm and, sure and they, of that. And they make really good ashtrays. Just turn them upside <laughs> down. Keep that in mind. I've got a email here from Jimmy Hansen who wrote a nice long letter. And what it says is, I'll read the whole thing. Awesome podcast, guys. Regards, Jimmy Hansen. Thanks, Jimmy. We Thank love you. comments like that. Absolutely. And this one from Chuck Sinold. Again, people who we haven't heard from ever, along with some old friends sending us mail the last several months. Hello, I wanted to post my first message. This is actually posted on the show, but I thought I'd read it. It's a very intriguing game I've come across. Now, mind you, I play Access and Allies. Not much of a war gamer, but this passing fancy of watching a game and looking at the internet, I come to find you. My first impressions were, do I have time to learn this? But I must say, since my good fortune of stumbling across this fine program of yours, you have shared a bit of fun that can be found hidden between the rules. He wrote that He wrote that well. So my thanks to you and from this group in the Southwest. This is not the Southwest Illinois group. This is Albuquerque, New Mexico Southwest Gaming Group. And they just picked up Starter Kit 1 and have laid out to stu- it to study it now. So thanks again for another way to eat my money and free time. Yeah. Sometimes I feel so guilty. That'll do it. He says, it's all good. Yours truly, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. Nice to hear that. Hope that gaming group is going well, and maybe someday we'll interview Chuck. And uh, remember, we were also going to try and interview all the local ASL groups around the world. And everybody. Eventually, we would like to interview everybody in the world. It's on our list. We got another email from somebody named, another Jeff, 
It's such a beautiful name. I'm glad that it's coming your, up. Your on name? In, in, hmm. the, uh, in our letters. Jeffrey Baker wrote and said, Dear Dave and Jeff, you are great ambassadors to the game, and I really enjoy listening to the podcast. I'm one of those guys who started with Squad Leader, loved it, then got busy with grown-up things and had to step away from it for many years. A friend picked up an ASL starter kit, and one look at it reminds me of all the great times with the hobby. Having been in and around the Army for 30-plus years, I was reminded of its value as a, as a historical simulation, or at least a simulator of historical interest. Yeah. So I picked up my own starter kit and went for my brother. A lot of fun in a very short while. I had to have the full-fledged rule book, started applying that to the starter kit, even rated some of my old squad leader kits. I have two of the originals, plus one Cross of Iron, Doom, Anvil, and all boxed together at my parents' home. Cool. Uh, as you know, only very limited pieces are transferable. This is where we get to the problem. Now that I'm old enough to afford any toy I'd like, I'm running into the strangest phenomenon. As you know, you pretty much have to have Beyond Valor to play anything. Went to the MMP, temporarily out of stock. I've been checking back for around two months now. Went to a site that offered it a $25 premium relative to MMP. Well, they'd be charging $25 more, but it's out of stock. Went to a site that offered it for $90 above MMP's list price. Problem is, it's out of stock. Here's well, a hobby that people want to get into. Some of us are drooling at the incredible multitude of options and add-ons and have money falling out of our pockets. we got to get this guy's address. Actually, it's falling out of his pockets. I, I want to be around there. I think I have a, a, my original version of Beyond Valor. I can't guarantee everything's in there. And you'll donate it as like that nice Don't, guy that donated his entire set? Oh, I, oh, oh, I thought... What, I did, like, I misspo- but, did I misspeak? But I like to sell Maybe you better give me another yeah. beer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you listen to this, why don't you email us again and we'll talk. It's pretty beat up. I don't know. I was kind of saving it for my son. Like, oh, my son will like playing a band squad leader. He's going to need a copy of Beyond Valor to take with him to college. Yeah, that's true. Like, really? Yeah. Who am I kidding? Well... He, do, he does all the video stuff. Yeah. I, I haven't worked on him like I could have. But anyway, contact me and we'll talk. So he goes on to, you know, kind of bemoan the fact that you, yes. you can't really get into the game unless you have Beyond Valor, and the yeah. fact that it's out of stock is yeah. is and, really a... And he's asking, is this the norm? Yeah. And the answer is yeah. yes, right? I, I, so it's says, the norm. We've talked about it on earlier episodes. I'm not a businessman, but it sure looks to me like the business side of this hobby is running around shooting itself in the foot with an elephant rifle. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I, I don't know. Uh, Let's call Perry. We should talk to Perry. I'm going to call Perry right now. Hey. He's, he's gone for the yeah. holidays. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Well, did he answer? No. He's not answering oh. right now. And uh, this show is also brought to you by Kind Hat Purchases by Christopher. Christopher B., thank you very much, sir. He bought a kind hat. He did. The kind that goes on your head. Okay, Dave, keep reading those letters while I go get a beer. All right, Andrew Nichols. Uh, they're here in the, behind me. Uh, Andrew Nichols says, Can you tell me whether the old squad leader maps are compatible with ASL? I've seen them on eBay, but not sure. Uh, yes, they are. They're basically fine. There's the skinny boards, which are the new set that came out. They're called like starter kit style. And then there's the old ones, which are the thicker ones. Some people are starting to wish they still had the old thicker ones. Grab them. You can elevate any starter kit board a little bit by putting it on another board and and so on. They're compatible. Totally compatible. So purchase with confidence, Andrew. And Jeff is back. 
With a letter from Bill Brody. Oh, I just thought of a great Christmas gift for me. Mm-hmm. A fridge. So I don't have to run upstairs every time I want a beer. Because it's too much exercise. You don't want me to trim down anymore, do you, Dave? I'm so no, I'm no. Cut looking right pretty spelled to that. Right mm-hmm. Bill Brody writes and says, thanks, guys. Oh, because he's buying a hat. But he, he goes on to say, keep up the great job. Look forward to your podcast every month. I'm keen to listen to your new podcast when it comes out. Also, and that's Bill Brody from Australia, our very dear friend in Australia. You know, Tobias also wrote in and said, we should interview Michael Cook or Koch or Coke, depending on how you pronounce that. Uh, he organizes a German ASL tournament. Hey, Michael, uh, give us an email. We'd like to do that in this upcoming year. And here's a guy that keeps writing us. His name is Anonymous. 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 Oh, that's that what it is. They're going after ISIS, man. Anonymous is? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. Uh, Hello, guys. Any chance of getting a follow-up update on the Jim Stoller book project? Is it still in the works? Can we ASLers expect it any time in the near future? I would say no, but we're not in the circle. We're not. Right? We're not getting his dailies. But we're making an educated guess. Or his galleys. We're going to bet not at this point. But, hey, Jim Stoller, chime in and let us know the progress. Yeah. I have a letter from Dick Curtis just saying thanks for the hard work on the podcast. Uh, he and a friend have played a few years ago in Austin, Texas area. And, Dick Curtis, we want to make sure you know there is an Austin... A game group out there, the Texas ASL. Look them up online. Now we have one from our friend Ken, not who wrote and he said, Hello, I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the detailed analysis lately of scenarios by Rich Spilkey and Mr. De Minimis. He's talking about Zach Emberton. They do a great job presenting them in a way that I can follow even without visual aids. Though I'm sure the photos will be great to uh, look at too. I love the What Have You Been Playing Lately segment, especially the wonderful varieties of intro music. But sometimes the lack of detail leaves me longing for more. It would be great to have this Uh more detailed analysis playback become a regular segment. All right, we probably are up for that. Of course, I do want to say we do have the um, ASL Extras, both play-by-play and a little more abstract ones. So um, hopefully those you're aware of those, and those are... Meeting that need a little bit, a little something. Although for the, everybody. the spooky took it up a a, a, a chart, yeah, a chart, a step, but so, with his charts. And Ken also mentions the spooky tables, saying this should be made into something like the LFT, Le Franc Rat Rat Pack charts. I gotta get me those Rat Pack charts. I think they're reproducing them again. They're making yeah. another set. Rats do that. Uh, it's it, it it would be more manageable. It could be be a great play aid right now it's hard to handle the spooky charts so some more production on them like you know maybe hard really to up handle? the game a little well they're black and white i mean think about the color that you could do on them think about making them into flipping and yeah i guess I, maybe just disagrees yeah. but do you I think that, i think it'd be a good product oh I laminated think, yeah ready to oh, go yeah. officially you know like not officially made up but you more could buy color the, the rich spooky coated table subscription and if you, Ooh. for $100, maybe $500, you just, every time a new table comes out, you just get it automatically in the mail. 
And Bill Cobble wrote in to say uh, he's guilty of not listening to all the shows. <gasps> so apologies if this has been done. He says the show idea is to list some of the rules from Section A of the full ASL rules to add to starter kit scenarios can be used as standalone, both on options to use in the ASL SK scenario that won't break the scenario and get players a step closer to full ASL. Huh? Um, like, ASL as starter kit is like taking a drink from a garden hose and then trying to go into full ASL. Uh, here's an example, and I'm not a full ASL expert, but... Starter kit rules on random selection are just that, randomly assign the result. Full ASL, second edition, section A.9, expands the random selection process and the possibility the result could apply to more than one unit. It assigns dice values to each unit in the hex and then compares the results. And that's one idea. Um, hey, you know, that's a, that's a great idea, Bill, and I, we think you're the man for the job. <laughs> right? Yes. I know I'm not. <laughs> and Bill, as you're, because I'm, you know, we're, I'm not a starter kit guy. And, but as, as you find more ideas like that, keep sending them in. We'll yeah. make it a segment. We'll come up with a little theme music for it. We won't that, read it as a letter. That's a great idea. Anymore. Yeah. All right. Take us up on that, Bill. And we got a donation, a very, 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 very generous donation from Richard. Thank you very, very much, It's a donation of five figures. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm serious. Well, five, that's five figures. Well, it's, it was very generous. Yeah. Well, it's five figures. And I'd also like to thank Will for his generation also, Cobble. Yeah. And the last uh, little letter today, which is a post on the sh- episode 151, but it seems really worthy to read on the air. Remember that missing drift counter that Rich pointed out is not in his collection? Yeah. The Drift Counter GG. Right. Anonymous says it will be in Yanks 2. How does he know? Because this, who do you think the anonymous person is all the time? It's Perry. Oh, it's Perry. Of course. So thank you, Perry, for clarifying that for us. Yeah. Perry, who's a a very dedicated listener. Yep. And can't wait to get the next episode. Is it time for contest winners? I think it is. Let's plop them in here. Yeah, we actually recorded this a little while ago on my phone, so we're just going to kind of uh, play this recording, and this is a list of the contest winners as we do the drawing. We actually did the drawing a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Actually, it was more than that. Anyway, we recorded it on my phone, so we're just going to kind of plop it right in here and see how it does. We want to remind everybody that you must claim your prizes in person. So uh, we will be here for the next 15 minutes or so. So please get here in time. And if not, then your prizes go to charity or to Dave. And I'll sell them on eBay for a massive profit. (laughs) Yes, you will. Actually, we'll have already delivered these, hopefully, by the time this airs. Yeah, hope so. In the mail. And here we go for prize number two, which is the China-Burma-India pack. That's a very nice drum roll, Dave. Thank you for that. Winner number, is 26. number 26, Mike Old. Mike Old. Mike Old. Well done, Mike. Mike, winner of China, Burma, India, the Lost Theater. He's going to love that. Fantastic. And uh, Mike and uh, Eric, we will put you two guys together in case you want to swap. That's always popular after these kind of things, you know. Swap one for the other. And for the next prize, prize three, they, the two, two hat squads hat. Number six. Number six. six. 
Boyle. Mr. Boyle. We assume that's a Mr. Boyle. Congratulations, Mr. Boyle. Yes, I don't think any ladies called in. Get us your address. We'll be sending you the half spas hat. If we haven't notified you by email, I think you might be in our email account. And remember not to wear the hat inside of your place of worship. Actually, and I would say people don't wash it much, if ever. I washed mine. You washed it? Yeah. You washed your hat? In the washing machine? Yeah. How'd that go? A little bit faded, so... Oh, faded, yeah. Um, don't, you know, don't make it your work hat, the half squad's hat. When you yeah. get sweaty and like my tennis cap. Okay, so just wear it for special occasions, weddings, funerals, the like. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And the last prize, the critical hit. You could also, you know, next time you need a clean ticket to your haberdasher, you can, he would do it for you. All right, for critical hit... The final prize of the 2015 Two Half Squads contest, and the winner is... Number 14. Number 14, Scarvec. Mr. Scarvec. Mr. Scarvec, congratulations. congratulations. You're getting a critical hit. We will put that in the mail to you, and then the mailman will deliver it to you. And Dave is looking... <laughs> For more prizes. <laughs> For more prizes. What, are you going to give away more stuff? Why is it in the pile over there? What, that particular item? Was that supposed to be in? Do I own this? I don't know. Did you buy this? <laughs> I don't know. No, I didn't buy that. You want to give it away? <laughs> well, how about... You want to give away more stuff? Is that what you're doing? Dave is feeling yeah, all generous. We must, have enough for another contest. It must be the Jack Daniels. We're going to do this. We could give away our copy of Cross of Iron. We could. For after, yeah. We'll do that on our new show. The Beatles England. We're not giving the boy the Beatles England. Yeah, it's a paper. Yeah, you're right. No you one will silly man. You silly, thing. silly man. All right, but we do have more prizes. We have... Uh, well, let's keep them for 2016. Yeah, 2016. Keep people on the edge of their seats. It's not, you know, it's just around the corner. We have a, the Melee pack. We have a Frank Latour thing, too. Oh, there, great. There must be prizes. All right, so yeah. great prizes coming up. This All is right. not the last contest we'll ever have, uh, but this certainly is the last contest we'll have this month. Indeed. Congratulations to the winners. We will be registering you with uh, the IRS so you can expect a visit from Uncle Sam. Okay, so that's what happens when you put a knucklehead like me in charge. We did two... We did two, two takes. little segments, segment one and segment two. I numbered them one and two. Actually, I numbered them two and one. So we played number <laughs> two first. Turns out number one doesn't sound that good, so we don't hear who our first prize winner was. But the it announcement. was. And, well, a lot of great funny stuff in there, too. <laughs> that is gone now. Gone. Just gone, gone to the tech gone pile. Gone everybody. But that was a drawing for, for the great for the Derek Ritter OBA cards. AF, yeah, OBA yeah. cards. Yeah. And that fun. went to uh, our lucky Eric Ortega. Oh, that's right. Eric Ortega got the first prize. Boy, was he thrilled. He was very thrilled. Eric spent a little time in the hospital, I guess. but He did. I, he's out. I, he's I, out. I understand he's doing better, and we're happy about that. Indeed. So that was our last contest of uh, 2015, and there are more contests coming up. And you could hear some year. of those great prizes we got coming up for yeah. the next show, so, yeah. or, or next year, 2016 contest. Yeah. So start preparing to enter now. And now it's going to be time for our next segment, which we like to call. Tonight we're going to play the What Have You Been Playing Lately intro live. Live. Live in this, our studio. Live at Leeds. 
What have you been playing lately? <laughs> what have you been playing lately? It was kind of like it was. Yes, indeed. Well, Jeff, I've played <laughs> several Valor O the Guards. Okay? Okay. All right. And I couldn't find one I wanted to bring. I'll just make up stuff. At, at risk... <laughs> At risk of messing it up. Well, Mark Woods and I were playing through the Night Rules scenarios. Oh. VOTG4, Central Stalingrad, September 42. This one I lost as the Germans against Woods and Dave Timonen, both. In this scenario, you know what? The night rules are very easy to do in these, so we would encourage people, although you'd have to, you know, learn your, like, Stalingrad rules from the historical stuff. Yeah. Which can make it a little more challenging. But the night rules are easier. It's a very little area of the board here. Oh, the yeah. The night range covers most of it, so you won't need a lot of star shells and things like that, but mm-hmm. you will be able to play with the other rules, like the sniper number up and, and all these other things. Okay. And I am having a problem remembering how this one went. Let me look at the victory conditions. Russians win by controlling all existing cellar locations. Oh, yeah, in, in building BB-19. We, we, this one went seesaw, back and forth. The Germans have this 10-neg-2 leader. You know, and for he, he could just crush out stacks of these Russians. There's a lot of Russian squads here coming in, okay? And you're trying to, again, save these cellar locations from the Russians, getting them, and... uh each building, multi-ex building in the German setup area that the Russians control reduces the number of sellers needed at the end to win mm-hmm. in, in building BB-19, which I think had three buildings. And it, it just, I thought it was great fun. It seemed really close, tight game. <clears throat> Again, going back and forth. And they were going to give up at one point, and I'm like, well, let's play another turn or two. And then, of course, you know, once that 10-neg-2 leader and his two squads break on some die rolling and you you lose that anchor it just opens things way up um we really liked it now i'm going to go ahead and talk about the other valor of the guards scenario do you have the game here i don't have valor of the guards okay and i can't remember it may have been like vote g6 or something but it's the other night one if you just flip through your scenarios you'll find the night rules one mm-hmm. there and in that one, it has it takes place in a lower left section of the board, and it has. Um, I played the Russians that time. Here I lost to the Germans, and this other one I, I played the the Russians, and one it starts with some Germans lined up down a, a row along a road edge, and some back in a building in the in the in the um, railroad station from that big board there's a railroad station fought over a lot in the war and so i managed to come on with the starting forces and roll all the way through that railway station so i took it all the germans have three forces coming on later and i think to win that one again the night rules is a four hex range so you don't it doesn't come into play a whole lot but it's a good way to learn some night rules just like this one um the, I think the Germans strategically you'd want to really try and preserve some forces by maybe falling back a little bit more than Mark had done so you have something left in the building to hold as an anchor in that railway station. Since I took it before the German reinforcements came on, I had an opportunity to have a whole move to rearrange everybody and 
step out of the building into the railway cars on the train tracks. For those of you that have it, it's really cool train tracks with actual railway cars painted on it. They're treated like buildings mostly. Mm-hmm. I was able to come out into that outside of the building by a hex, right? Yeah. Which means if he's got a counterattack, if the German gets into any hex of the building, they win because the Russian has to have control of the whole railway station. So it can be a real touch and go there at the end. This game was a little more of a blowout, but I think it was because I secured the whole railway station a turn before the German reinforcements even entered. So as a German, you want to try and preserve some kind of force there in the back part of that building, at least. And um, I think also for the Russian, you know, basic screw-ups, I had my 628s firing at a 3-hex range, and my five, uh, whatever the 4... Uh, four sevens firing at the two hex range. Well, that's dumb. So remember to watch your ranges mm, as yeah. the Russian. Yeah, your your NKVD troops and your conscripts have a two range. Put them in the back of the building by the railway cars and the other rubble and the open area across the boulevard where the fountain is. Use your long-range troops, your elites, and your first-liners in that. That applies to all the Valor of the Guards kinds of scenarios or any ASL scenario. Yeah. Do you have one? I do. I played, uh, as I've mentioned in the past, Rich and I had some intention to play through Crucible of Steel from Bounding Fire Productions. So Rich bought it recently, and we decided to just start off with the first scenario in the pack, which is BFP 73 called Preliminary Move. Simple scenario, takes place on two boards, but what's actually used is about one board's worth of hexes. And it's a simple scenario. The Russians are sort of emplaced on a hill, and they are defending. The Germans are just trying to exit on the opposite end. They need to move through the Russians and exit off the opposite end of the board from where they enter. And so it's kind of cool because there's there's quite a bit of open space that the Germans have to cross. But at the beginning of the game, actually prior to the Russian setup, the German player selects a hex and makes six random distant direction die rolls. And in those uh, hexes, he places a shell hole. So it Simple would give me enough. some give me some place to hide out a little bit as I'm moving up across over this all this open ground. So mm-hmm. I selected a hex. I got very good results on that, placed my shell holes, and I thought, okay, so now when I move on the board, if I can get up there, I can get into those shell holes and get some covers, maybe set up my mortars in there, and then work from that point and and move up. Also what happens then is, so then Rich set up, then in the first turn, pre-game actually, the Germans get seven Stukas with bombs. Coming out. Yeah, the, we used those in so, the Valor big game we played and talked about. I got my shell holes where I wanted them, and I knew my squads needed to get to those shell holes. And so I looked at what Rich had set up, and I determined that there were, he had a couple of units in some trees, not big stuff, just like medium, mediums and a squad of Russians, but I needed to get them. I thought, okay, I'm going to take my Stuka, and I'm going to go after those guys in the trees. Just one squad. That was all. That was the only thing that was in line of sight of my, of my shell holes. First Stuka went in, because of the trees there. You know they don't have as great a shot. Mm-hmm. They missed. 
Second Stuka, I thought, I'll try again. Brr. Nope, missed. Third, brr. missed. Fourth, I'm still trying. This is me, because I get stubborn. <laughs> brr. Nothing. Fifth one, brr. nothing. I can't break this this squad in the medium. Uh, two Stukas left. I can't even remember where I where I used them, but you know, I, I wasted five just trying to get this one squad and a medium machine gun so that they wouldn't have a shot of me as I, as I was going across to these shell holes. So I didn't, the Stukas did not do well for me at all. So I hmm. came on, so then I came on and my first stack, I sort of ran a stack because they were at long range and there were shell holes. Oh, there was also smoke I could place at the beginning. So I had some coverage. I had some decent coverage. But I moved that first stack up. They had some coverage of the smoke. But I just trying to get them up to that first shell hole. And Rich hit him with something. He had a hip gun that he then exposed that was on a hill. Hit him. They pinned. Then I could not get the subsequent squads up there because they would have been overstacked. These guys were pinned. The whole thing started to fall apart at that point. Nevertheless, I did manage to get a mortar into the shell hole. I took another mortar further off to the side, off to the right. wasn't the perfect position. Then I started mortaring him with smoke, and I put smoke all across all of his units that were up on the hills. That sounds like the right strategy. And that worked fine, but then, and I moved up, but I didn't push hard enough. And because I didn't push hard enough, I lost a turn, probably not pushing hard enough. Okay. And that was my downfall. So then uh, trying to trying to keep his units occupied on the hill was starting to fall apart and trying to scoot other units over to the side so that I could escape uh, just didn't work out. And so I would say to anybody that is playing this, you're going to have to push hard. The Germans, you know, I this is something that I always struggle with with squad leader. You got to be moving. Got to be moving. You just got to be moving. The hardest thing to do. And also, um, don't waste all of your Stukas if they're shooting at a squad that's in a woods. <laughs> woods hex, that's just not a good Go idea. Go for those in the open ground because yeah. our Stukas were so effective in that Valor of the Guards game. Yeah. You didn't just roll poorly? Were you dropping bombs, too, on them? Or? Uh, no bombs. Um, it says they have 200 bombs on them, 200 millimeter. Oh, yes, I guess I did try bombs on a couple, but I had... I, I may have hit one. I, I don't, maybe save the bombs I only remember later. what I missed. Yeah. What I screwed up on, that's oh. me. <laughs> I like to call this segment, not what have you been playing lately, but what have you been losing at lately? <laughs> So then we also played we played the next scenario also which is called coil to strike which is which is quite a bit bigger it uses six boards we the actual space usable space is about 3 um in this case the russians were defending as the germans were coming on and i thought i sent up set up a pretty good defense of these two hills uh the rush russians had to defend there were four different victory conditions that they had to defend. Yeah, that's but, the big game I saw set up, right? Yes, the time. exactly. But um, as it turns out, I, I thought Rich was going to come on one way. He came on a completely different way and was pretty effective. 
something that I didn't really take into account when I was setting up, because I had lots of trenches and stuff, was that he had stukas that stayed on for the first five turns. So I really couldn't move. I couldn't come out of trenches. I couldn't come out of foxholes. Uh, because he had stukas there through the first five turns. It wasn't until those stukas were finally gone that I could really be maneuverable. Mm -hmm. By that time, he had moved a lot of guys up. My stukas came on on turn five then after he got out. Or not my stuka, but um, I had a bomber come on, a fighter bomber come on. But by that time, it was too late, so he he pretty much wrapped me up in that one. But still, those were both really fun scenarios from Bounding Fire. And that's what I've been playing lately. Well, I also more? played, yeah, a Bounding Fire game. Um, oh. ITR5, which is Into the Rubble. This one's called Fire Teams, designed by Chaz Smith. And Tom and I have been playing a lot of these, trying to get through them all. You know how I like to do things? Yes, I do. And it's one board. It's got all the nice tight buildings in the city. It's got the, a lot of rubble all over the place. And that's why it's called Into the Rubble. The um, I won with the Americans against Tom, and we played this quite a long time ago, actually. My memory of it, I, well, the Americans got like 22 squads to the Germans, 16 at start with two more later, and two tanks that come on late. And they also, Americans got two of the flamethrowers, and you ought to be able to route your way, root your way through the rubble, um... With the DCs and the flamethrowers adding some critical firepower, they also have a 10 egg 2 liter, so he can be used to bust up any any hard German resistance spots that you encounter on this one. Germans do have sewer movement, and uh, we didn't really use that. Uh, they did fortify a bunch of, of buildings. Um, and then, you know, it's just a, a push, steady, slow push through uh, the, the rubble to get to the victory conditions they need to control several buildings like seven buildings in that why, one why didn't you use the sewer movement you know i don't know he was the german ah. um when we were playing it in the, the two big ones the last bid and the first bid mm-hmm. it tended to be if the enemy had a free squad they could kind of trail them around above ground even though they wouldn't really know where they were going so if someone moved through the sewers you have to mark them with a concealment counter underground yeah but the enemy knows you're moving over that way to that building he can just send a squad over there to wait over the sewer exit ah too which i may be a fault in the rules hmm. actually if you really think about it yeah you, know, you think that should be more fog think, of war i think that should somehow. be off board movement yeah off board movement yeah you write it down or do you send guys in there too down in there i mean it yeah yeah it that, and, and I think maybe you know by what? this time I'd blown out enough guys that the Americans have enough squads to move around and cover all the other buildings anyway. So he's got to come up in one of those buildings to win. So it wasn't like he could come up, you know, way behind the lines and win yeah. that way. That's a good idea. That would make it a fun game. Because right now it's sewer movement. Yeah, because right now it's really not fun. But that idea that you have would turn this from a not fun game. <laughs> Into a fun game. Well, actually, it's probably the best idea I've ever had. Yeah. Do you, wow. Do you, well, about ASL. Yeah, I think it is. I'm not did a you, deep thinker about how to improve. No, like, you're not. Not at all. Other guys are. No, you're not deep, deep at all. It should be hidden movement. <laughs> Off board. They enter the sewer. You write down where they're moving to. Yeah. 
and it's your enemy. He holds it upside down, so you can't erase it later. Right. And we played J158. It don't come easy. This I played Timonen and Emberton. I played a lot of two-on-one games, apparently. Ah. Uh, I won with the Americans uh, against the Germans. And this was a deluxe game. See the big boards with oh, the yes, big I do. lines on it yep. showing the roads? It helps you really know you have the boards orientated this, the right way, let me tell you. And in this one, uh, we liked it a lot. Um, the Americans, there's this random rubble that appears, and there's that building in the middle of board C on the deluxe boards. It's like a square building with an opening in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you can move all around the perimeter. But a rubble had struck one of the areas and cut off the upper levels and stuff. Oh. So you couldn't move on the upper levels around. That That really changes the complexion of the game or feel of it. And in this one, the Germans win by exiting 14 or more points off the west edge. So they've got to also, again, move pretty swiftly. Or they win, if there are no good order American multi-man counters, in two of these three buildings. Mm. So what I had done is kind of set up defending around the middle of the board, prepared to fall back into those three buildings. And the neat thing about the deluxe board is it's not a lot of hexes to cover across, so you can cover the three buildings and slide back to cover the open ground exits also. So in the end, I knew I could give up one of the buildings, but if you do that strategically, you are opening up an avenue for them to escape. And at one point in the game, I forgot he could exit to win. (laughs) What's the old adage? Always know your victory conditions. that's a good one. I kind of forgot. I thought I was just defending these three buildings. Yeah. So I started to pull out of one of the buildings oh. all the way over to the middle and left of the board. <laughs> and then I'm luckily, like almost at the last minute, I looked and went, oh, wait a minute. And I ran some guys back over far enough that they had a line of sight to cover the exit. And I think by that time, um, they'd worn themselves out trying to come on across. They have some tanks and stuff but there's a 10 neg 2 american as long as your 10 neg 2 guy stays alive he can you know really help take some damage to the enemy yeah so that was it don't come easy looking for a deluxe game j158 came out quite a while ago i think i am definitely not caught up in all my action packs oh wait journals 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 or action packs for that matter and that's what i've been playing lately now we're going to hear a little something from Mr. Rich Spilkey, who had quite an interesting encounter at ASLOC this year. Yeah, but, normally we're a little leery of, you know, ASL stories, but this yes. one was just so crazy that we thought we'd have to go ahead and bring it to you. Pretty remarkable. And we'll call this segment Crazy ASL Stories. Here it is. We are proud of the fact that we always bring you the latest ASL News. The latest. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. And so in with that in mind, it's November 20th, and we're getting around to talking to Rich Spilkey about what happened to him at ASLOC a month and a half ago. In a new segment entitled Amazing ASL Stories. Yeah, this one's going to blow you away. You may want to sit down. Yeah, this is something. Uh, I'm really glad you guys asked me to share this. It's really... It really is remarkable. I mean, you guys have had me on the program before, and a lot of people know that I've played many scenarios. And, and uh, you know, we've all had, you know, that miracle 
Snake Eyes at the end where we won the close combat, created a leader, and were able to advance off the board to get that last victory point to win, or, yeah. or perhaps it went against us that way, or or we got that critical hit that made it happen, or got that miracle rally result that uh, caused something to happen. Well, this is, um, I don't even know where to start. I mean, this is this, this makes that look like routine. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. This is um, something, and this is, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you, you had me on the show before where... Zach and I described our our uh, back-to-back scenario uh, mini campaign game yeah. with the British and the Germans, and I was uh, practicing that because I was going to play against Robert Banizek at Aslock, which I have now done. And so, just a few just a few preliminaries here, just to just to set the stage. I mean, this is really something. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. This is something. So. You might recall during the uh, podcast where Zach and I were describing our play, I was the German. I was on the defense when I played Zach. Mm -hmm. And so you might recall I talked about how in the first scenario, there's a very important mortar that's like 120 millimeters that the Germans have. Oh, yeah. But it has a minimum range of, I can't remember, like 14 hexes or something. And so I set it up with a spotter so that it could see a very long way with the spotter. And also, you know, be outside of the minimum range. Yeah. And, and I thought that was a clever move mm. on my part. And I think I relayed the story that I rolled a 12 immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the Min- first shot. many 12 in that. So Robert also set up his spotter, or his mortar, in the exact same way with a spotter from the level 2 building. So he had the same thought as me, because as, he was the German, I was the British on the attack on this one. And what did Robert roll on his first roll? Snake eyes. He rolled snake eyes and blew my mortar out of the... Out of the oblivion. So, you know, it just shows you that squad leader life just is totally not fair. Yeah, but fun. I had the British uh, radio going, again, in the first scenario here. And if you recall, there's a nine black, two red deck, which is pretty good for the British. What did I draw for my first two cards? Red. Red. What are the odds of getting two reds? Anyway, despite that, despite that, now we're in the second scenario, okay? So I still did okay in the first scenario and, and, and you know, satisfied the victory conditions, you know, in a, in a mediocre way. And I was in pretty good shape for the this follow-on scenario. So you get this 10 negative 3 liter the British get. And, I'm, you know, you got to use that thing to effect, right? So, of course, you know, the 10 negative 3 liter, and I rolled it, it had a morale check it had to take, a normal morale check, and I rolled a 2, so you're thinking, oh, well, that's good, Rich. That's good. You got a two. Well, no, because, of course, it became a hero, a heroic 10 negative 3 liter, which uh-huh. is bad. Because on the <laughs> next morale check that he rolled, that he failed, got to roll for wounds, because heroes don't break. They oh, wound. that's right. And I give you one guess what my wound roll was. It had to be a five or six. Indeed it was. So a He's two. taken off the board. So, so, you know. But that still doesn't... I'm, I'm just setting the stage. Those are just little things compared to what happened. So here's what happened. The victory conditions are, you know, you've got to wipe off all these guns off of the edge of the river, which I had succeeded, got that done. I had to capture that, you know, chateau-like building. Oh, yeah. Which we talked about in the other scenario. Yeah. Got that done. In fact, that, that's another interesting little sidebar. My 10-3 leader and his 
cohorts were attacking that building from the rear, and my other guys were attacking it from the front. But there was this really stressful time when I knew that his reinforcements were coming on on the river behind me. And I had to make this decision. Do I finish off capturing this building? Or turn Or do I just turn and, and just try to defend against the reinforcements? And I chose to deliberately not capture the building and let it but then you know then he came back and his radio man came back to life and it gave him all kinds of other really good stuff but i had to stop the reinforcements from coming across the river yeah and so i i did do that to a certain degree but then i had to come back and kind of reconquer territory and because he had at one point he had you know like a broken leader with the radio and like a broken squad in there that's it well in the meantime while i had had to race over back to the river and then retread old ground he, you know, rallied that leader with the radio, rallied the squad, brought some other squads in. So I kind of had to re-attack the building. Yeah. But despite that, I still did it. All right, so now we're coming down to the end. The last victory condition is you got to capture that little fortress on the hill. And this is where I don't even know how to calculate odds like this. I really don't, beyond my mathematical skill, but it's going to be a big number. So I'll paint the scene for you. He had... Two squads left in good order with a heavy machine gun and medium machine gun, respectively. He had a 10 negative 2 leader directing the heavy. He had an 8 negative 1 leader directing the medium. He had two broken 467 squads in the building. I had placed, like many, many turns previous, through all the rigmarole of OBA and placing it on an unknown unit from way far away, a spotting round right exactly where I wanted it, right on top of this fortified building you know, building that I have to capture. Now, it's been raining the whole friggin' time, because it was rain, raining, and you know, rain starts on a 10 or higher, it mm-hmm. goes away on a 3 or lower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was raining the whole friggin' time, so I could never use smoke. And you guys know, I really like to use smoke. Yeah, yeah. And so I've had like, you know, 12 turns in a row of rain, so none of my tanks have run out of smoke. <laughs> I couldn't throw smoke grenades. I couldn't do OBA smoke because it's raining. And I'm waiting patiently with the spotting round sitting there, turn after turn after turn after turn, just sitting there waiting for the rain to end. So finally, I've got about 30 squads coming in from the left with a whole bunch of leaders and various machine guns and what have you. I've got about 10 more squads coming in from the right. i got about four AFVs left. And like I said, he's got two broken squads, two good, two good squads, squads, two machine guns, a couple of leaders. And I've got the spotting round sitting right where I want it. And this is where the you-know-what hit the fan. <laughs> it stopped raining. That's a good thing. I'm happy. You're very happy. The spotting round is exactly where it needs to be. That's Boom. a good thing. Don't yeah. even got to move it. I drop down plus three smoke. No error, no die roll, it's there. It's beautiful. My 30 squads come cruising up. Now, it's kind of a congested area. There's only so many places you can go. There's cliffs. With 30 squads. Yeah, well, plus there's cliffs and stuff. You kind of have to go up this certain way. There really is no choice. You can't maneuver. You know, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So I bring in these squads, you know, as best I can. But, of course, they're protected by plus 7 smoke. You know, plus 4 coming out of it, plus 3 in front of it. All right? So I'm safe as can be. And then my other 10 squads come cruising up on the other side. Now... He had that 36 firepower, 200 millimeter OBA. He's already drawn five black cards out of an eight black and four red deck. 
because remember, he has scarce ammunition. Okay. So he has an eight black, four red deck. He's drawn five black cards. Only three black left. And four red. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Yeah. So, so start, put on your calculator now at this point. <laughs> what are the odds of getting five black, or now a sixth black card, out of an eight black, four red deck? I don't know. It's got to be low. Yeah. So start there with your mathematical equation, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue. It's the rally phase. He proceeds to roll back-to-back snake eyes, rallying on those two, four, six, sevens squads. on both of them, and creates heroes, and rallies them, and battle hardens them. So now those two broken four, six, sevens are four, six, eight with heroes. Uh-huh. Okay, so add that to the math. That's easy. That's 36 squared. I can do that part. You know, plus whatever the roll is to battle harden and create heroes. Whatever. Yeah. Those numbers, too. I'm still not worried. I still got 30 squads yeah. cruising in. Yeah, should be able to do this. The tanks, the other 10 squads for... And I've got six turns left, by the way. I'm, no, I'm in no hurry. I got six turns left. I'm on turn 28 out of 34. Actually, I have seven turns left. I'm in no hurry, but I did move close because I got the smoke. Yeah. So I figured now's my time. Okay, so the next rally phase comes. Guess what Rain. he rolls? Rain. Now that wipes away all the smoke. All the smoke forward. is gone. Yeah. I'm a sitting friggin' duck. <laughs> he does draw that 36 firepower. Sixth black card. Uh-huh. Lays down a Lands harassing right, uh, fire or no, concentrated well, he didn't need to. I mean, I'm right there. I'm yeah. sitting duck. I mean, I'm right there. Like yeah. I said, there's no choices. There's no choices. Yeah, I had to, to pile it up. Yeah. He blows the smithereens. KIA. KIA. I've never had so many KIAs. <laughs> I think he killed 28 of the 30 squads, KIA or K-slash. <sighs> On the one barrage or the yes. two? Well, 36 firepower. At the first, like... The, the first one, not yes, the one, subsequent before it no, goes right, right to the away. continue. I resigned before we got to the next one. Oh. Okay, then he's got his heroes, 10 negative 2 leader, the heavy machine guns, yeah, the medium machine yeah. guns. And you're in the open. And I'm in the open, so he's got minus 3 shots now with the hero and the 10 negative oh, 2 yeah, leader. Oh, yeah, the hero. And the other hero with the 8 negative 1 leader, so he's got minus <laughs> 2 and minus 3 shots. <clears throat> Excuse me. And of course, it gets you know. I can't remember how many rates. Did of fire he lay him into the same mob? Of no, no. Guys? He shot the other guys. The other, you know, the other ones. The eleven coming the, up. The, man. There was nothing left after the OBA, virtually, but maybe a half squad and a wounded seven zero or something <laughs> from the first barrage. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating a little, but not much. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't kill 20, 28 of the thirty, but he made a kill twenty seven of the thirty. I mean, really close. I'm not exaggerating by much. And then, and then the other guys just lit up the other guys. So uh, you know, the guy. The ten, I assume the ten he got some rates right. of fire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gone, absolutely gone. Just so my point is, what are the odds of? In other words, the smoke hurt me because the smoke caused me Lurgen. to press the attack. I was in yeah. no hurry. Like I said, I could have chipped away and chopped away yeah. and did twelve plus fours on his fortified location and occasionally broke somebody and do a double break. I could have stayed, you know, six eight hexes distant and just shot away with all my squads with a lot of you know twelve plus fours and lot lot but lots of them. I didn't have to rush forward. But I knew, and plus I had these four tanks too, so the fortified locations, my plan was I was going to crush these, these uh, I was going to breach the fortified location, because you can't advance in if there's a squad. Yeah. Right. But if you breach the wall, with the, so I had four tanks with which to breach the wall. Or not the wall, but breach the fortified location. Yeah. And then I could the advance these you know gobs of squads in that I had. 
I, I really felt felt like I had the game in the bag. I felt like there was I no way I could Don't lose. blame you. Yeah. You had it in the bag. Yeah. But what are the odds of getting the sixth black card? What are the odds of back-to-back snakes? What the, are the odds of the, the smoke rain. coming? The rain coming back. And, and, and then having the rain disappear at exactly the right time. Yeah. So I could not even envision that this sequence of events was even possible. Yeah. And it all happened. And I was just like, I was like a, a pile of goo. I didn't know what to think. I couldn't believe that this happened. I still don't know what happened. It's been like a month now, and I still haven't recovered. Boy, it'd be fun to hear his version of this. Yeah, Rob's? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't want to hear it, but (laughs) (laughs) you you might want to interview him. I'll let you do that. So anyway, uh, that is the deal. I've never been so devastated. And I, you know, again, it wasn't just like the snake eyes or the miracle rubble or the miracle critical hit. It was like... A yeah. whole bunch of that stuff, like a cavalcade of that stuff. Yeah, that's wild. And yep, that's why we call this segment "Why what? We Love the Game." Yeah, because <laughs> you gotta love it. So I'm still kind of in shock. I still haven't recovered. I'm trying. I'm trying to recover, but this really happened, and uh, it was crazy. So please send your donations to help Rick in his recovery. Yeah, and uh, I hope your therapist is doing well for you. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for letting me share that. I hope uh, people find it interesting. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing Thanks, Rich. That, Rich. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up our Christmas show for this year, Dave. Yeah, that was an amazing uh, account of a scenario. And uh, sorry we didn't get to a whole lot of rules and learning and teaching. and But, hey. It's the season. Sometimes that's boring. And, yes, we're taking the week off here. Yes, we are. In the broadcast foxhole. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, next episode we'll get back to all those goodies. We've got journal three coming up. We've got rules coming up. Lots of good stuff. Yep. And but in the yabo. meantime, oops, and a yabo replay. But yes, we do. And so as we close tonight, we've got the Ukrainian folk music version, version of, of Carol of the Bells. Nishtiklini Ushkmanlava. Otherwise known as Carol of the Bells. I can't understand a word they're saying. Brush up on your Ukrainian. Yeah, I will. Or do they speak Russian there? I don't know. I think it's Ukrainian. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Hope you have a great holiday season. Yep. And as always, we'll look for you next time on the Two Half Squads. And until then, roll low. And rally well. But but not not when you're playing playing us. Bye-bye, everyone. Last cooking in the kitchen, out a bunch of chicken, chicken, dough, chicken, now can lock a look on They're just making up those sounds as they go. That's amazing. It really sounds like they're singing words. Gorgeous sounds, not really. The two half squads. Oh.